Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, and I'm very pleased to have a return engagement with friend of the show and founder of Connect Ed, Warren Kennard. Warren, welcome back to Trending in Education. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here, Michael. Yeah, and you've been a very busy man. Part of how we've been connected is while you've been putting uh, a course together, EdTech and Strategy for Higher Ed, a course that's about to be launching, and we'll talk about that a bit throughout our conversation. It's a pretty large undertaking. I was remarking uh, before we began that you seemed at least somewhat organized about how to... (laughs) connect all the the crowdsourced talent that you use to pull the course together. And then also, I know you're in uh, Melbourne, uh, Australia. So maybe just to begin, how are you doing? How are folks doing Mm. down in Australia? Yeah, thanks. And there's a lot in there. Australia at the moment is in an interesting space. Melbourne in particular is in a, a more challenging spot than the others. So than the other regions, as it were. So we're in quite a strict lockdown and we'll continue to be in a, a strict lockdown for a period of time. But speaking to that point, Michael, I think that it's afforded me more opportunity to get stuck into to work. Yeah. While the kids have been a, a big distraction and yeah. uh, it's difficult working from home, it, it certainly has given me some more time. Yeah. Best of luck to everyone out there who's uh, struggling with uh, the response to this pandemic and hopefully mm. uh, we'll be able to turn a corner and then... I did want to talk to you a little bit about what you've been busy with, which I think is interesting on a number of fronts, but maybe just to begin, can you describe the problem space that you and team were looking at when you decided to design a course uh, tackling ed tech and strategy for higher education? Yeah, and and that's a great place to start. The idea really came about uh, approximately 18 months ago, where, like all of these things, I guess, they start a lot earlier in in your career. You start formulating these ideas. But for me, there is a void in professional development for higher education professionals, both in the the private and, and the public sphere. And what was apparent to me was that there was a whole uh, array of wonderful programs offered by leading universities in, in postgraduate study, be they master's programs or um, even undergrad programs that are doing phenomenally well. But for me, and, and to speak frankly, they were incredibly boring. The content looked uh, very dry. It, it was uh, almost looking at, at how one can be a leader in higher education. And you went down two tracks. Either you were going to be more on the research vein or enter into traditional leadership roles in higher education. What I was looking for was something exciting and novel. I wanted to understand what is happening in higher education more generally. What is the impact of these um, technology companies entering the fray? What is yep. the impact of the OPM and the evolution of that model? And what about the nexus and the, or the intersection, I should say, of, of technology and how it's being adopted in traditional higher education? So those mm-hmm. became incredibly fascinating to me. And through our search, we really canvassed the globe about what is available to higher education professionals in a short, um, targeted course um, that that can upskill oneself in those areas. And there really isn't anything out there. There's wonderful courses 
in specific verticals, Mike, if you're wanting to uh, become a learning designer or mm-hmm. if you're wanting to advance your understanding of digital marketing, there's pr- plenty of courses that can support one in those areas. But yeah. to bring it full circle for higher education, I, I was hard pressed to find something that I would like to sink my teeth into. Mm-hmm. And so having built many of these kinds of programs before, I thought this is a wonderful opportunity to, to take that on. Yeah, yeah. And to build on that, folks may not have uh, listened to our first conversation, but in some ways you were designing this course for yourself. Who are you? Like, how did you get onto my podcast? Uh, you know, what, what got you to this point in your career where you have enough experience that you were ready to, to begin to take on a pretty massive design project? We talk a lot about yes. how design thinking needs to be implied, applied to learning development. And it sounds like if you're talking 18 months ago, this idea came to you and then it involved all this crowdsourcing, which we'll probably get into next. How did you get to this point in your career? What experience uh, and perspectives were you drawing from? Yes, it's also a wonderful question. I think that for my career has been about 20 years in higher education and and the vast majority, in fact, almost all of it has been in uh, private higher education. So for-profit higher education, we refer to it as for-profit for good because we we sincerely believe that. The last 10 years or so has been principally in online education. And if I extend that that specific niche, it's been in um, small private online courses. So uh, SPOCs as best defined. So that's been my principal fascination for the last uh, 10 or so years in this last mile learning by Ryan Craig and others. And so it's that whole unbundling that's been happening in the higher education sector has been something that I've been focused on over the last 10 years. And I've been pretty much looking at it from a sales, marketing, business development and partnerships hat, Um, albeit that I've, uh, you know, been involved in lecturing in the past and and, um, I've also had uh, experience building out programs, but for me, my principal fascination was the commercialization of higher education and also to look at how do we offer programs to the market that are in in very much need at the the moment. So that's kind of my background and this program, as I said, was very much... um, something that I would wish I had several years ago as we were building out a, a business Get Smarter, which uh, was subsequently sold to you. And, and that was very much in that last mile learning track as well. Yep. And this program, I feel, would be that course that I wish I had to evolve that business at a lot faster and bigger, grander scale. Sure. And the course is about ed tech and strategy. And I got the impression, maybe you're just uh, very clever at presenting this way, but I got the impression (laughs) that there was a very structured, thought out syllabus and study plan that someone who's interested in dialing into higher ed as an industry and dialing in particularly to how technology may relate to its evolution, how online learning is very much a wave of the future. Keep in mind that this all began pre-COVID, but now COVID is likely an accelerant to all this online learning. But how did you approach the design problem of putting this course together? It it did seem like there Mm. was good forethought, curation, crowdsourcing of of talent. Can you talk to, to any of the design components that you think make this different than some of the courses you might not have been too impressed by? Yeah, it's it was a, a fascinating journey for myself. Upon reflection, it, it's really been a, a wonderful uh, learning experience for my for myself personally. But I conceived the program basically 
on the premise, like you, you mentioned before, of what would I love to learn? And, and what do I believe is an incredibly important part of, uh, of the higher education ecosystem? And if I were to be able to cater for a, a large number of people to build strategy for um, both small and large enterprise, uh, these are the foundational skills that one would require in a higher education business. Mm-hmm. And so it, conceiving of those kinds of areas of focus, as you've outlined, and I'll go through them quickly because it should just bring yeah. it to the fore. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to be able to do is to introduce in the beginning, we introduce leaning into the future of higher education. And, and what we do is we look at the past, present and, and future status of higher ed. Um, so we introduce themes about the macro trends that we're experiencing in the market today. We also look at how um, the business of education or the institution of education has actually survived the last 900 years and why hasn't it evolved um, to the extent or has it uh, because there's been some vociferous debate about <laughs> what evolution actually and radical evolution actually looks like and, mm-hmm. and then we migrate into uh, module two which really looks at the digital transformation that's taking place as uh, in line with industry 4.0 and how does that specifically impact higher education through contemporary ways of working and looking at uh, to your point around design thinking principles and how do we iterate um, course um, development as opposed to this very protracted period that, that we have right now in, in terms of bringing courses to market. And then we, uh, module three is very much focused on the business of education, so all of the commercial underpinnings, how do we finance it, wonderful people like um, Tom from, from EdAid and, and we've got Mark from uh, Tuition Fit and others that are doing some really interesting um, things within the realm of, of financing higher education. Mm-hmm. And then if we look at module four, it takes us to sales, marketing, and business development, which are the foundations about how do we look at our brand? Like, how do we, how do we differentiate ourselves? And is differentiation is, an, is an important? Who are we trying to emulate in the market? Mm-hmm. And, and who are our customers and so on? Yeah. I mean, module five looks at partnerships. So it, it looks at the OPM model in particular, but it also focuses on industry partnerships, another key macro theme that's, that we see emerging today. Um, getting towards the tail end of the program now, we look at teaching and learning uh, meets digital. So that's mm-hmm. module six. And uh, we, we go to town on a whole bunch of things there yeah. around uh, online education about the course development cycle, curriculum architecture and so on. And then module seven looks at uh, learning analytics and, and big data. Um, so big data in inverted commas. And then we go on to module eight and we conclude with leading in the higher education um, mm-hmm. sector. So yeah. we're looking at things like misogyny and, and racism and other very topical issues and how yeah. they impact the higher education sector. And you as a leader, what core competencies do you need? And then to just answer your question and round that out. So when building the the program, it was obvious that I and my small network and team don't have all the answers and nor are those answers always accessible and and they may not be true and factual answers, but they're opinions. Mm -hmm. And there's people that are doing wonderful work in this area. And so why not tap into the expertise that exists? And having a reasonable network myself and, and being a relatively good networker, mm-hmm. hence finding yourself, Michael, is very important in order to enrich this learning experience. And, and so that's how the crowdsourcing started. And, yeah. and that model was road tested quite robustly with a whole bunch of stakeholders that we inter- uh, um, exchange ideas with to make sure that the flow of the program is, is right. Are they the right topics? And there were some wonderful minds that helped me do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And as someone who was on the other side of it, uh, full disclosure, I am one of the crowdsourced people. How learning and technology relate to one another is something that I did contribute a bit to. It was very interesting to understand how you had 
teed up for your instructors the option to answer a series of questions and then author into a video format relatively short snippets of their insight and their perspective on some really interesting questions. I got to, full disclosure, I got to say it was hard as a podcaster to hit these short pointed <laughs> time windows. So I had to try it a few times to get it right. But can you talk a little bit about that too? Like how you mm. thought about the other design challenge here, which is in addition to creating that compelling learning experience for your learners, you also want to create a, a frictionless, streamlined experience for the folks who are generally volunteering their time to yes. provide their insight and their perspective. Can you talk a little bit about how you addressed that side of the equation? Yeah, so there's probably two parts to that answer. The one is the the practical side of it, and, and then there's very much on the other end of the spectrum, there's the incentive um, challenge. So the, the former was just a miracle, actually. I found a, a tool, it stumbled across my desk. I was interviewing somebody for a role, and they came through a platform. It was called My Interview, and the platform was really quite sophisticated and it, it wow this was actually quite impressive we could send a video link to somebody somebody could upload a, a series of responses and push submit and yeah. while it has some technical challenges from the application that we hacked to work toward it did do the job incredibly yeah. well and so that was almost very fortuitous we were originally going to get people to upload videos via mobile phones or, or do it via zoom and this was just a wonderful way yeah. for people to do it at their own time, at their own pace, and, and, and so on. Yeah. And from a design point of view, uh, we also realized very early on, Michael, the model of the course was not to teach someone something, but it was to unlock potential in their mind and, and to make them think differently and then to have a conversation around it. Yeah. The idea for questions was very much a conversation starter. Mm -hmm. uh, so those were the design and practical um, elements. And then the incentive part was that we've got serious challenges within the higher education sector. And I, I can say that without any fear of reprisal from anyone who thinks otherwise, because we can have a lengthy chat yeah. about how challenging this this space really is and and what a precarious position it sits in right now mm -hmm. both in australia but but globally there is a dire need to have a discussion about the future of higher education hence your podcast hence many other podcasts that have started and and being offered on the same topic mm -hmm. what i wanted to do was to take the conference experience, which was um, not dissimilar to what I'm trying to replicate in, in the course experience and yep. Yep. merge that with the great work that's being done in, in podcasts. And then furthermore, um, embed the stuff that's taking place in Times Higher Education and Inside Higher Ed and, yep. and the Chronicle and so on, and take that and synthesize that and curate it into a learning experience whereby people can have compelling conversations with the cohort and also with the experts to, to glean insights and build strategies that are going to help them succeed. Yeah, and as we're facing unprecedented change, who is the course intended for mm. and how do you anticipate folks benefiting from taking this course? Yeah, so these are great questions. Being the inaugural cohort, which commences on the 30th of September, our principal target audience would be those in traditional higher education that yep. are in innovation or teaching and learning, those kind of future focused roles in right. order to help them bridge the gap that, that exists today. Yeah, and it's an interesting time, obviously, for folks to 
reimagine who they are, just about everyone needs to be flexible, adaptable, and open to rethinking what has been traditionally a, a pretty staid and rigid design space when you think about higher education. The pandemic and the response to the pandemic, as we said before, has in many ways been an accelerant to online learning, an accelerant to change in higher education. While you may have been targeting a smaller segment prior to the pandemic, now in light of the pandemic, many more folks are going to want to be future facing. They're going to want to be more uh, well-versed in online. And, and obviously you'll need to be iterating to, to get to where you need to go uh, with the actual course delivery. I would love to get a little bit of your perspective as someone with uh, his ear to the ground in terms of what's new and interesting around some of the trends and emerging capabilities, emerging competencies. I've also heard more talk mm -hmm. lately about mindsets, even over skill sets, but like what is emerging? Any, any teasers, any ideas <laughs> or, or things you might be able to synthesize around what's emerged through the, this massive undertaking that's about to come to fruition? Yeah, the thing that comes to mind that is uh, as prevalent now as it's ever been is the, the fact that people are absolutely perplexed. And there is so much inertia sitting in, in the, the space today. People are absolutely lacking um, direction. Mm -hmm. And we, we're seeing a lot in the market at the moment about bold leadership. And I mm -hmm. cannot stress that enough at the moment. I think that whether you're right or wrong, one right. needs to make bold decisions at, at this particular juncture mm -hmm. and help advance and accelerate the um, traditional higher education system. Yeah. From a macro trend point of view, of course, we're seeing the, the remote learning evolving into hopefully great online learning into the future. There's, there's absolutely no stopping that horse has bolted yeah. and online will be uh, the next sensation for, for a good period to come. Again, there was an uprising of the, the VRAR movement some time ago in the last five to 10 years, and we're going to see investment into those technologies as well. Yep. We're seeing some wonderful providers popping up to help with that transnationalist agenda, to help uh, universities get their programs um, into different territories. Mm -hmm. So there's a number of outfits that are looking at how the programs can traverse geographies. Yeah. So there's some exciting work happening there. And then all of the traditional movements or, or trends are very much the same, but they're just being amplified um, yeah. to, to a, a grand scale. Yeah. So, um, and, and we discuss all of those. Yeah. As we round this out, for folks who are uh, interested in the course, there's no better time then now to invest in your own upskilling, reskilling, reframing. If folks are interested, where should they go? What should they do? Yes, thanks, uh, Michael. And also, you were speaking about mindset, and you just said reframing at the end there as well, which is a quintessential of what we're trying to achieve. We're seeking to have that mindset shift. And at the same time, I think people have fallen into this realization that COVID is definitely a put this front and center when they see large scale redundancies and their work changing beneath them. I think there's a lot of opportunity now to have a look at the, the sector and look at their role with a very new lens. So that mindset shift is something that we're very passionate about. In, in answer to your question, the course that we have, uh, yes, there will be multiple iterations, but, but this particular program as a cohort goes live um, or it commences on the 30th of September with our online O-Week and then rolls into the, the eight module program that extends beyond that, approximately eight weeks of learning that between then and now. 
You can find more information at www.getconnected.co. Um, and we can obviously provide um, any links or information that you require. And, and it's just important, if I can just touch on one thing that's important around fees. So while the, the COVID pandemic has uh, decimated budgets and my savings certainly have been yeah. depleted, as I'm sure everybody else has, and I was one of those fortunate people to actually have savings. So mm-hmm. we recognize that this has been a, a cataclysmic event. It's put people out of work. It's making life incredibly tough. And as such, and with it being the inaugural cohort, we're very open to a pay what you can afford model. At this point, it really is a case of if you've been affected by COVID, please don't let fees be an obstacle. Um, mm-hmm. It is a conversation that I've been having um, at nauseum. I want people to find a resource that they can have that's going to help them find new opportunities in higher ed or to develop their own businesses mm-hmm. um, or enterprise that can support the higher education sector. And, and this course will definitely bring life to a project like that. Yeah, and you don't want to build that barrier when many of the themes that that I know you're activated against, I know we're certainly talking a lot about, are around equity and inclusion and social mobility. And uh, yes. you don't want to necessarily create something that's only accessible to those who already have access and have the resources. Because in many ways, it does seem like a, a collaborative co-creation model as well, which would benefit from a more diverse uh, cohort where you're, you're actually tapping into folks from many different sectors, many different backgrounds, yes. many different social, economic, and the like. Uh, so Warren, wonderful conversation. Always a pleasure to have you on. Any parting thoughts, any nuggets of wisdom as we wrap <laughs> up? You're probably thinking two-minute nuggets of wisdoms now anyway, because that's very much the structure of your course. But, uh, but any yeah. parting thoughts you'd like to share as we wrap up here? Yeah, and look, I, I think I've embedded as many as I can in, into the learning experience. And I'm now, my head is not going to produce something wonderful for you, Michael. I wish it was. Um, but all I can say is that this is a challenging time for everyone in this space. And the only um, words of advice that I can provide is that this is not about you. The challenges that one faces if one is experiencing and being out of work, being displaced in any way, shape or form, this is not about you. And there are plenty of opportunities to to take advantage of. So I would like um, people to find those opportunities and and the course is one way um, to do that. But it's just for me from a heartfelt point of view, I I honestly see many of the people that that I know well um, being displaced and taking that burden on to themselves. And it's not about you. This is very much a a thing well outside of our control and and just hang tight. This too shall pass and we are going to hopefully innovate the hell out of it and make a better sector and a a better experience for our students and and for those generations to come. Fantastic. Yeah. And it's not about you and you're also not alone. There are people out there who you can connect to. There are communities of interest around really transforming what we can do uh, with education, what we can do to change people's lives through learning. Really wonderful mission-based stuff. It's been fun getting to know you, Warren, and the folks at ConnectEd through this effort. Hopefully our listeners got something out of this conversation. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back again soon on Trending in Education. Thanks, Mike.